Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. The PK Podcast is a weekly conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing opportunities, challenges, and insights into the promotional products business. I'm Bobby Lee Joining us, uh, as always, is Mark Graham. And for his debut on the PK Podcast, a man who needs no introduction, your friend, my friend, everybody's friend, actually, the boundless, omnipresent, effervescent, indefatigable Dana Zezzo. Yay, Dana! Wow. Woo! Wow! Yeah. I didn't even know, like, half those words. <laughs> You're looking them up on the internet right now. Right? I, I was Googling them while you guys were talking pre-show. So, Wikipedia-ing yeah. like crazy right, right now. Right, right, So today's topic, for those tuning in, today's topic is a continuation of last week's topic, which was no business like show business. How to make the best of all the wonderful show trade show season that we have coming up. And we're just going to get started right away with Dana tips. Since the last episode, uh, Mark and I covered quite a few distributor tips. We'll probably still throw a few in, have that dialogue. Um, but we want to start with Dana. Dana, what are some of your best tips for folks as they head to all the shows, not just Expo, but the ASI shows and every other show? You guys obviously have been preparing for quite a while. This, is, this thing just doesn't spring up on you. You've got big plans, no doubt. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no matter how much you plan and you, you're still not ready. <laughs> yeah. um, we are, matter of fact, we're conference calls all morning, all yesterday, um, just getting, getting, it seems like there's so many, you know, so many little details that, um, that we take care of. But, you know, it, it's interesting. I've, I've been on the, in the business for long enough that, you know, I can see it from so many different levels. You know, obviously suppliers, think they should know how a distributor should work a show. Um, and I'm sure some distributors could say how it's a suppliers work a show. There's so many different ways to come at this. You know, I think it, from a chef in the kitchen standpoint, I, I really like to open the can of looking at a trade show from 30,000 feet. And from a supplier's perspective, I think it's a, a highly educated market minded supplier is making so many um, subconscious decisions when it comes to picking a show, doing a show, what size presence. Uh, and those things are from uh, where you're at in the industry from a maturity level. And, and, and I, you take, now you start peeling that onion back from a maturity level as a company. Are you, is it, is it your brand's mature? Is it your sales force has been with you for a long time and, and they're mature and known? Is it a particular product that is mature? Um, you know, you, you have to break it apart and analyze it. And I think a good supplier, I hope, is analyzing all that stuff and going there for all these small um, objectives that we have to to accomplish to ultimately end up growing our business. And it's never it protals just a sense of, oh, that's right, sign up for this, sign up for that, sign up for that, and we stand there. I mean, we are thinking about you know our company's brand, um, which determines that company brand determines. What kind of presence we're going to make, how many staff we're going to bring, how much booth space we're going to take up, uh, how much marketing are we going to bring there, how aggressive are we going to be there, how much are we going to entertain there? And then we, uh, then we pick that apart down and we start trying to figure out how it affects um, the different people in our company. Does marketing have a message? Do we have a sales force that um, might have a message because it's a, a, new, a new salesperson um, or a new inside person that's, that's joined the company so you want to get some exposure? Are you just going to the company to 
um, and uh, distributors, you would hate to hear this, but are you are you just going to go grow your database? Um, and and I say that openly because I'm personally not a big fan of trade shows. <laughs> this is probably the, the the most controversial podcast I could ever do. I, I will tell everybody I'm not a fan of trade shows because no. Not, nobody in the two parties enters them with the correct goals. Right. Um, so I stand there watching you walk by. Right. Um, well, and then they, pissed, well, let pissed me, off that I just spent tons of money. Right. So let me ask you this. Um, there, there are a lot of bad practices on the show floor that we all need to shake. Um, Absolutely. You know, and, and this is hard to do. It's hard from a distributor standpoint to do. Um, but what, what do you? What kind of dialogue do you want to have with distributors as they're walking? Uh, by your booth into your booth what what are you wanting to happen as opposed to the traditional it's almost like scan a badge what's new that's seems to be the common um i would say challenge as opposed to having real dialogue what do, what do you want well well that's funny you say that i mean we already know what you're gonna say i mean we've been doing this long enough we know we we, we could write the script and i could you could stand next to me, and I have the multi, you know, the one script one, two, three, and four. And every distributor who walks in the booth is going to match up to one of those those scripts almost perfectly. Which which means it's almost so predictable, it's it's really embarrassing actually. But hey, you're right. Data. The infamous the infamous what's new. I don't have a problem with what's new. The irony is it this the irony of it, and the to be perfectly blunt is that it really doesn't matter because you're not going to sell it for eighteen months anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's a great point. That that's the irony yeah. of that. But it's an icebreaker. I respect it. I understand why it's asked. But if you ask me what's new, then can you at least listen <laughs> when I answer right. the question? Um, not immediately tell me why you can't sell that. <laughs> yeah, you know. I by the way, I I walked into Charlie. Charlie, our great friend Charlie, uh, walked into his booth one year, and I said, uh, "I'm not going to ask you what's new. I'm going to ask you what works." Ooh, uh, because great. that opens up a dialogue about clients and projects and everything else. So the question is not what's new. The question is what works. You know, right. it, yeah, it, it, it's interesting, uh, Bobby, when you say that. And we, we were talking about this in the past in the past podcast. Um, you know what I find and Dana, you're 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 hitting upon something that's absolutely correct. But what's frustrating from the distributor perspective especially those ones that come in and say what works to a supplier. I mean, not every supplier is a Dana Zezzo. Yeah. There's a lot of suppliers that will staff their booths with the guy in the warehouse or the uh, uh, person who just started in customer service and has been on the job for 20 minutes and whose only job is to scan badges. Like literally I've gone into some booths. And I've said, what works or here's a profile of some of my clients. I'm really interested in selling more towels or more backpacks or whatever the case may be. And the rep will look at me and stare at me blankly and say, do you have a badge I can scan? And I'll go, <laughs> I don't want your spam. And I'll try to hide it or I'll say I don't have business cards. But it's frustrating because I think, Dana, you represent – maximum 20% of the most educated suppliers out there that want to interact on a strategic level with the distributors. And, and so I think it's a little bit of a, you know, a vicious circle, unfortunately. Yeah. It, you're right. It is. Um, you know, it, first of all, 
like I said, what's new? It, it, I mean, we we all all the suppliers. I agree that suppliers, from a staffing perspective, I mean, I'm guilty of unfortunately having to make sure I have enough bodies and probably putting people in the booth that that don't uh, aren't probably the best qualified. But you know, there's a there's a product of a of a fragmented business both on the supplier side and distributor side. Suppliers are not the catch-all banks or the big conglomerate. You know, unlimited money funds that people think they have. I mean, it's not uncommon to uh, to, to see a a supplier with his his or her significant other work in the booth that's just to have another person in case they get busy. Um, you know, it still is a, a family in, in a general standpoint. I think it's still a very much a family industry. Um, so it's, I mean, I like that, but at the same time, I, I see the frustrations on both parts. Um, you know, we, we, we understand, I mean, statistically, if you've studied the art of trade shows and the science and the psyche of them and all that, I mean, you know that you've got, you know, statistically 30 seconds and, and you have their statistics that, you know, so I think distributors, you know, Bobby, you had said, what are some key things you can come to? Um, first, first of all, as a distributor, um, and again, I'm a supplier, so I'm going to be a little supplier based cause that's my part here. Um, when you come to the booth, um, try to find out who you're supposed to be talking to. Yeah. Great. You point. know, clearly identify where you're from, and that you want to build a – you would if, – if feasible, you'd like to build a relationship with a company if you don't already have one. And who, who should I talk to? And then when you – you know, if you look over and you see that person's busy, you know, I guess you have to make it a conscious decision. Do you wait, which most likely you won't. I know that for a fact, which is a problem. Or do you <laughs> – or do you book an appointment if it's that important of a vendor to you? Um, if you're there to truly change your business, I would think you'd want to try to uh, get a manager or somebody to help you get a time when that person that's going to be directly responsible for your account is going to be able to service you. Because they're the ones where you're going to get not only the short-term gain of what's in that booth, but the longest-term gain. And those people can affect your business whether you want to admit that or not. Because they are the – they're that – they're the – um they're that middle person. They're the liaison between what you need and what the company's willing to do. <laughs> they're, they're the, they go to battle both ways. They come to battle. They battle the company to get you resources. They battle you to you know help you get get positioned in your company. So when you come to a booth, you know be respectful. Try to find out who you're supposed to be talking to and who who handles your account. If you can't see them, then can you get their contact information? Um, from there, you know, obviously go. I would try to say, is there upper management here? Is there, you know, people in higher positions that I can shake hands with? Um, you know, they're there. These suppliers are spending a ton of money to bring in um, regional managers, VPs, marketing directors, CFOs, VPs of operations. Um, shake hands with these people. Um, if you have something positive to say, um, say it. Uh, there's nothing, no, nothing starts out a year better than the VP of operations leaving the show, getting on the first conference call and, and, and being so happy that, that the customers he serviced or she serviced on the back end are happy. Dana, um, let me, let me Dana, ask Dana, you this. Go, uh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, super quick question here, Bobby. Uh, Dana, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Can you paint a profile for us? I and mean, we're having a friendly conversation here, so I'm fascinated to, to see if you can paint this profile. What 
does the ideal distributor look like? Like we're talking not an existing distributor that you do tons of business with because of course they're going to be impressive every time you see them. But we're talking about someone, a man or a woman that shows up, you've never seen them before, you've never heard of their company before. What do they have to do to get your attention and impress you? Um, How do they break from a script that you don't like? No, right. Yeah, absolutely. That that person comes in, they go out of their way to to immediately identify who's responsible for their account okay. because that tells me that they, there's, there's going to be a call to action soon. When yep. people vaguely walk around a booth and really don't care who they're talking to, yep. there, to me, there's going to be no – it's a branding game. It's just, yep. They walk around. You're going to hope they remember your company brand after a month from now when they need your product. Yeah, uh, yep. So that distributor walks in, who, who, am I, who am I supposed to talk to? And I want to meet, you know, and, and then when they're talking to that person, hey, is the person that you report to here? Okay. And then they, they have a, uh, you know, obviously if they had a flash drive or um, some type of device with their top two or three clients artwork on it and say, look at, you know, these, these are the top accounts that my company's identified that we right. want to grow business with. We, we're not sure right now, ba- based on 10,000 boots in the building here, we're not sure which, you know, products will work yet. Um, or we know exactly that your product will work, either one. But here's the artwork. I'd like you to ha- review it when you get back uh, in the next couple weeks. I'd like you to have a follow-up phone call or a conference call or a Skype call to review the artwork, talk about the client, and see if your product might fit in, and then obviously take action to get virtual spec samples and pricing so that um, we could somehow strategically put your product in front of that client. Because at the end of the day, what you what the industry's got a pet peeve of mine, you know. Oh, we're gonna sell solutions. We're gonna sell this. You know what? I only get paid when I sell frickin' towels. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. So Same with us. Sound, solutions sound great, but for me as a supplier, the last time I checked my paycheck, I only got um, numbers when towels transacted. So I love that strategy is involved, but strategize how to move product. So, and, and, and I don't want to lose track of that. So it's a distributor who respects that the products fit into this mix um, that have, you know, obviously what we're looking for is a customer immediately nowadays that has a social presence. Um, believe it or not, if a company comes in to our booth in 2012 and does not have a Facebook page, does not have any LinkedIn presence, is not tweeting, and is not creating videos, I don't know how much, I mean, this, and this is horrible, but I don't know where the excitement is because when we see that engagement, we know that somebody is taking marketing to the next level. Well, and it, and also you know right away you you can communicate well with them because they're tuned into the channels that you're using very well. Let me let me ask you this, Dana. Um, apart from the uh, show floor itself, what about? I mean, you guys obviously are masters at uh, touching base with some VIPs, right? Yeah. You you're, you have things going on. I mean, the show floor is just one very uh, one part, important part, but a part of your overall show experience. Um, you probably hustle a lot of meetings. Um, between the show floors, my guess. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And and but um, thankfully now year f- going into year five running pro towels, those meeting demands are reducing because the relationships are established and they're running well. So when I first was getting, um, you know, working with my team to position pro towels to become the number one 
um, vendor in its category, those meetings were from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m., literally. Um, Now we have a lot of those relationships that we never take for granted, but they're they're not so much pressure to actually physically have the meeting because you know for example with national accounts you know all, you know 90% of them them conversations those vendor agreements are done already so that the only meeting that might be required would be changing personnel for a key account um, just to make sure that the hands are, are shaken and, you know, there's, there's a comfort level there physically um, to get to know each other. Um, and, and, but you're, most of the, the time at Vegas is, that is allocated tends to be a, a thank you time or to kind of jumpstart a, a new relationship. Now, it's interesting, Bobby, you had – and one of our podcasts uh, that's probably going to be archived soon, I, I – I, right. I, no, Rob, I'm joking. Right. No, no, no. It, I, it's for those that are listening, this is like the yeah. third or fourth conversation Dana and I have had that I've recorded, so it will be up soon. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I think – censoring the, it. Right. Yeah. Right. I got to edit a lot. Yeah. We – and again, I don't want to – you know, every level of a distributor – is important to the makeup of pro towels. If, if I only dealt with Nash, big the big guys, you know, per se, I it, it wouldn't be pro towels. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. Uh, the whole mixture is the key to the the recipe of what service product and 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 relationship that a distributor has with pro towels. Each one of those segment market segments are a critical important piece, ingredient to the success of pro towels. So Bobby, I, we had a conversation when I kind of leaked leaked out the secret to calling on national accounts. Remember right. that conversation? Yep, absolutely. You know, it's so ironic that the approach to a trade show is the exact same way. Every, each there's something being attacked on multiple levels. We are building that booth so that the C-level distributor who's walking by, who wants the scan, who just wants to see real quick what's new and maybe meet their rep, that we appeal to all of their needs. Then we have the B-level distributors. Maybe they want a meeting in the booth. Maybe they want something more than just a walk-by. There is staff, marketing material, and all the credentials to provide that. And then A, the A-level accounts, there are VPs of operation, VP of sales, directors of marketing, CFOs are there um, to be prepared to have um, higher-level conversations that are required for many things, from financial to to delivery to pricing and things like that. And then you've got the national accounts. Now, the irony is there's really very little that is done with a national account in a trade show booth. Um, those, like I said, those relationships are done. Them pay, that paperwork's already signed and delivered, and those are maybe some of the after-hour stuff. Um, but again, we attend the parties to meet the to be mingling and, and interacting and, and building relationships with B, with the C and B, and then we have private parties with the A. So we are attacking. I mean, pro towels is, and I don't know if other suppliers do this or not. I've never really got into it at this level. We attack everything. From a marketing sales perspective on multiple levels, and all those are driving forward at full force at all times. Everybody on my staff knows what role they play if one of those three tiers step foot in that booth. They know how to, to act and what to do and what to provide. So, so I don't know if all suppliers know how to be that prepared. 
Dana, uh, by the way, I'm going to post that episode about where you talked about national accounts up next week. So it will run um, uh, next week. At the latest, it's going to be the week of Expo, but it's going to be up because that was a great conversation. Uh, You have my word on that, but I publicly (laughs) announced that this time. Wow. So, yeah. So, Dana, so away from the show floor uh, for a bit and away from um, just just the ABC accounts, uh, what about other aspects of the show? What do you recommend? Do you have some other tips, education, anything else? Oh, man. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm like – and I listen to the podcast you guys uh, did last week and and i'm just gonna you know put my ultimate stamp of you know approval on that if you're going to expo and you're not doing education i just want to know why you're going <laughs> I, I, I if you if you're gonna walk around a show at the size of expo just randomly because it's what you've done then you're probably the same person that asked me why their business didn't grow last year yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no, yeah. And to add to that, um, you know, you could argue that if you just pop into the show to see what's new, can't you do that from your computer these days? Did you yeah, just waste yeah, absolutely. a lot of money <laughs> rather than have rich dialogue with your strategic partners and not go to education? You're 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 just shortchanging yourself. And you could have done that and it would cost you nothing to get all the new ideas from the key vendors. Correct. I mean, education without a doubt. Um you know, with that's not even. I mean, I don't even know why we would have that conversation. I mean, the, the education is critical. I mean, I I taught social media in the industry what thirty plus times last year. I still go to social media education. Right. Okay, um, it's the the what we're learning about what makes up our business is changing every day. Right. Just because you you heard a social media uh, on Facebook. Uh, at last expo doesn't mean what social media for Facebook is going to be like at this expo. Right. And if it is, then you need to ask people questions. Why is it yeah. the same education? That's a different. That's a whole different argument. Um, yep. But then again, you should you know read and qualify yourself and read your disc- class descriptions. Get online, dig in. You know, call PPAI and ask somebody. Hey, is this the same one you had last year? Because I you know I mean, but Facebook in general is completely different today than it was twelve months ago. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, social media is an endless education process. And then the art of sales. Uh, you know, I've been in sales. I've studied sales. You know, I think I got my first Zig Ziglar cassette, cassette when I was um, eight about – eight, eight uh, actually, actually, it was 45. a cassette. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was about 16, 17 years old, um, I would listen to that same um, information today. Uh, it's, you know, he, Zig taught self-talk and, and listening to positive energy. And it doesn't matter if you've heard the, the, the content before, listen to it again, because if you go back and you study the, the brains and the, the habits of success, successful people, they inundate themselves with constant repetitive information that is puts them in a better situation than they're in. Yeah. And to your point, either you've changed or the market's changed since the last time you uh, broached this. I don't know any subject, quite frankly, that doesn't have changes as it moves along. Very few. Very, very few. The company store class that I did three, four years ago is not the same class that I'll be doing uh, at Expo. The same goes for us. Definitely for technology or anything, yeah. anything else. Correct. So, I mean, it, 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 so education by form, by number one, target some suppliers that are, you know, that, that are on your radar screen for whatever reason. Um, not only is there, is, you know, their product, um, you know, and I, I guess I'll use myself as an example. You know, let's say a distributor walked in the ProTals booth and they just flat out said, you know, Dana, I've, I've heard of you. 
and I've listened to some podcasts or I've read some of your stuff or I've seen your PowerPoints. You know, I got to be honest, I don't know where towels fits, but you're just a person I, I, I want to get to know. So it, it's not always about what the person for the supplier on the supplier side necessarily sells. You know, what, but they are dying to build friendships all the time. I mean, that's what suppliers, I mean, that's what I think suppliers get up every day is that we just, we build friendships with our distributors that last a lifetime. And, you know, we're not, we understand and respect that you might not sell our product. It doesn't mean we don't want to ever talk to you. Um, there's other things. So I guess the, the moral of that story is there's other things that you, by befriending suppliers or, or interact with them, whether it be in the booth, after hours, during an education session, in the hallways, at lunch, whatever, they, there's other things you can get out of them. I mean, I... I have meetings all the time with all avenues of our industry. Um, ProTiles had a great year. I mean, I could just do nothing and be fine. But you know what? I have meetings with with service providers, with PPI, with ASI, with you know, with Sage, with uh, um, with all kinds of different distributors. With I have meetings all the time that no one knows about with suppliers because I it's my job to build the best company that's ever operated in this industry and i am not going to get that information unless i know it from every angle that's possibly available to me right hey and i think a distributor needs to approach their business like that dana one of the things that um i i want to shout out to our team Uh, this was a smart move on on their part one of the one of our folks had the great idea um some all our team were all different types just like most teams we got some high-tech uh, geeks like me, we have folks that are low tech, but they certainly get the job done. And uh, one of their low tech ideas was to bring a business card case. Um, uh, I'm sorry, a business card holder. Um, you know, kind of like the vinyl uh, holders hold like 20 cards, 50 cards, and to go around to our strategic vendors and get the right contacts. Because I know that uh, sounds perfect. like minor, but what no. we're talking about here is the difference between walking in and saying what's new and walking in and getting uh, a relationship started that's going to feed you new ideas. It's like that old adage, give somebody a fish, you'll feed them, you know, feed them for a meal, teach them to fish, you'll feed them for a lifetime. That Correct. that relationship is what is far more important than the actual uh, – I don't want to minimize the new product. That's absolutely important as well. Um, but the relationship, make, ensuring that there is something in place that will funnel more new ideas in the future, I think is critical. In fact, yeah, we- I, and I think I think you know, distributor to to that to that point, um, you know, another best practice is I love when distributors come in the booth and they know the year to date sales. Yeah. Um, I mean, to think that we are going to know them for 45,000 distributors right. is kind of unrealistic. I don't have that report hidden underneath the desk. Um, and plus, it's happening fast for us. I think, um, like Bobby, um, you know, I think having meetings beforehand, and again, I'm not, I'm, it's not my place to tell distributors how to run their business, but I'm just talking about the things that would excite me would be, you know, knowing that a distributorship had a meeting beforehand and they kind of did a divide and conquer. And, you know, I would feel I wouldn't feel bad if multiple people from the same company came on came in my booth, if each one had a different objective, you know, like, you know, uh, so you run the report. Now, I love when the distributor walks in and, and your your company's highlighted and there's some notes by the year to date sales. And the, and, the, and the person looks at you and says, you know, I'm showing about nine thousand year to date. You know, I'm not sure what you're showing, um, but I can guarantee you that'd probably be more. You know, I talked to people that we had a meeting before we got here and we've just had some problems with credit terms. Yeah. So yeah. can we fix that? Can we fix that yeah. right now? Absolutely. Or can yeah. someone follow up with me? Good stuff. Because 
that is what I'm talking about. When you come into the booth and you've got one specific objective, and again, maybe it is other than product. It could be credit terms. It could be pricing. It could be um, – you know, a specific project that you want, you need turn, you know, stuff turned for right away. Um, that excites me. Um, and I love when people know what their sales are with us because I really don't, don't, unfortunately, can't have that information at the show because uh, I just can't quite figure out, you know, justify the $1,500 they want for the T1 line piped into my booth. Um, which, did, which didn't so, work last um, year. <laughs> yeah, you remember, yeah, remember that last episode last year? But uh, I, um, then and then I know immediately what I can do. I mean, I still know. I'm, I mean, we know that we still have to get to you, do presentations, show our company to your staff. Um, you know, we 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 know that routine, but we don't always know if there's a, a, a credit line hang up or something like that. So don't be afraid to bring that stuff out in the booth because you know the key people are in that booth that you know will get on the phone right away. And get things moving. And if that's if if credit lines, if you know credit lines affect your business, then I would be pounding the suppliers to look at the credit lines. <laughs> right, right. Hey Dana, I got, I, I have a question for you. So Bobby and I started the last podcast with um, kind of a bird's eye evaluation of trade shows, particularly the big trade shows, like the big uh, one that we're about to go to in Vegas or the Orlando show or whatever the case may be. And even though we were talking about certain things that didn't work for shows, Bobby and I agreed that trade shows today, even in this world of social media and this digital landscape, that trade shows still offer tremendous value for distributors, right? Because we're distributors, we were able to talk from personal experience. And what I was struck by was the beginning, you said, uh, and I still think you believe this, that trade shows are not that great and they're not returning great investment for you. I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth. How I'm fascinated by that disconnect. So Bobby and I have been going to the shows for years and years. I was saying that this will be my 10th year in a row going to Vegas. Um, Bobby, I think it's been about 40 for you, right? <laughs> 40, 41, actually. Mark. Yeah, all right. Keeping track, yeah. And, and no problem, no problem. Um, but I'm interested in the fact that you've got two keener distributors that have been for many years that think the shows are still great. And then you, as a leading uh, progressive supplier, you're like the top 10% that is a little bit unsure about shows. Like, how do we, um, how do we bridge that gap? Um, yeah, I mean... Or do you think we're crazy? No, no. I mean, I, if I was a distributor, I would absolutely go to shows. So I, I got to speak out of both sides of my mouth um, because there's not a better alternative, and hence lies the, the problem. Right. Mm, yeah. The, the problem is is the day that another al- a better alternative happens, the trade shows as we know it today are in, are in serious threat. Well, it, um, and, and, and I don't – I'm not anti-trade show. What happens, I think the expectations get so blown out of whack yeah, right. that they can never be fulfilled. Right. You know, if, if someone would just come to me and say, look, the cost to do this show is this, no, you know, just stand there and shake hands, answer the questions. That's the only thing that's expected. I do that show all day long. Unfortunately, there's so many um, expectations that can't be met. Because the lack of preparation on on both sides of the fence, the suppliers and the distributors, that it, that so many of them become just a chaotic walk around session, yeah. and I'm all I can stand there and think about how much money I spent. Yeah. Um, 
And and the reason the ROI, the ROI has always been challenged. There's always been an argument for ROI in the industry um, from a trade show perspective. You know, how it, I, you heard the thing, well, how many scans? Well, you know, in an immature marketplace, remember my comment earlier about coming into a trade show, understanding the maturity level? When you're an, uh, an in, uh, a, new distrib- a new supplier, you should do every show you can do and do those. And those scans should be the most important thing to you, as terrible as that is, because you've got to build your database so you have more sets of eyes potentially in the future looking at your content, yeah, no, that your, makes your information. That makes so depending sense. on – so if you're – but if you're the opposite end of the thing and you're a company who's done all those scans for 20 years, you know, you probably could not go to the show. And not be affected at all. But the industry then puts that nice little twist to that. And the immediate, the immediate thing that they do is that they want to say, oh, oh, they're going out of business or oh, what's going on? They're making a big political move versus ASI or PPI. Oh, well, they chose this over that. And the industry starts skewing the business decision, which is that really in a mature state, you don't need any more scans. <laughs> right, right. Well, so. So I, what I'd like to see, or the, the, the challenge that I would throw out to the industry is the trade show absolutely has value to the distributor. It's growing less value to the supplier because the level of conversations and business uh, transact, or the, the business that's had per se that happens from traffic in the booth is getting, is getting impossible to pinpoint and then, if anything, going the wrong direction. Because you have the really big people who put up huge numbers who come to the trade shows politically, but they have all kinds of their private shows. So they, you know, well, I'm going to go and do all my company's events, but I really don't need to walk the show. But yet I got the show people telling me that they're all there and that's why my traffic's going to be so high. Right. And and there's going to be some people who listen to this are not going to like that. Yeah. But you know what? It is what it is. What I'd like to see or what I would challenge the industry is at least mix it up. Can you change the format any way, anyhow? You guys both know of other formats in the industry that's being toyed with that are being, that are being very successful, and then you've got other people even starting to copy those. Yep. What, what can be different? Can, when can we just leave the, the concept of there's an aisle, a booth, and you shove people down it. Right. That's all. That's just tweetable, do, man. That's tweetable. <laughs> just, just, just change the format for engagement because the only true ROI that happens is, is, is when there is engagement. And there, things happen when, when someone's in the booth and we have an engaged conversation, and, 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 I, and I emphasize when, if they're in the booth. That's a big if at P- at a show like PPAI. Right. That's a big if if that person's ever going to end up in your booth. Um, there is usually ROI. So we need as suppliers to spend smarter money to get engagement with distri- with distributors. And that's not give me $5,000 for a party that's the music so loud I can't even talk to anybody at the party. Right. right. Well, and, I- and that – and that's just what it is. I, I want to see the format change. I don't mind the, ga- the the concept of the gathering of of qualified buyers. Right. Okay. I, well, I'm I'm good with that. I grasp that concept. Just freaking change the format somehow. So something because this is not working. So Dana, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, Bobby. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say we got about five minutes. So you guys. 
Just okay, so so Dana, I I want you. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna end with a real zinger of a question. Okay, I've seen you at uh, the big shows like the ASI shows and the PPAI shows. I've also seen you at the smaller, much more strategic shows like EME. Correct. Which is better? Which is better? I can measure more ROI out of an EME style show. Okay, so that that that's that's <laughs> fine. But it, that's because, fine but... because we get that opportunity to tell our story. But but you know what, what, what you know what though I mean, let me let me I have to interject here. The reason why EME is so successful is because it is engagement. And right. what we are all saying and what we said in the past two podcasts, it's not the show itself that's broken. It's how we all approach the show. The summation of everything we've said can be summed up in that word engagement. You can have an EME experience at Expo if you do enough pre-show prep work to have it. Correct. So distributors Correct. can talk about their preferred vendors. They can go spend time with them. They can say, you know what? I am not leaving until I spend quality time engaging with my key partners. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, didn't come here just to look at another fun idea. Um, the EME engagement, I, I think, can happen. It just takes a little more work. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, and I, and, and they, they just, you know, they just need to get more creative. I mean, just shoving boots in aisles and in, because I just think so, we're we're in such a reactive industry and in business in general that people all of a sudden they realize, oh my gosh, Vegas is next week, um, and it, it, which well, as long as I'm there, you know, and, and there isn't a whole. It doesn't seem like um, there's a whole lot of preparation, um, and then you know, there's what's happening is that everyone is trying to trying to take advantage of of the gathering. And they're having all these extracurricular activities. I mean, I saw I saw an email yesterday where someone's having education in a completely different building. Right. Like, and I'm like, well, no wonder no one's in my booth. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's it's like everybody is trying to because the industry really doesn't come together seriously that often i mean you know asi or ppi obviously does what i believe is a fabulous job with the expo i mean i can't imagine planning that so i wouldn't volunteer for that job for a million bucks so hats off to daryl who's in charge of that at ppi on the asi side i think they do a phenomenal job of putting regional people in those regional shows their education lineup is is solid um i'm mark and i and bobby well well, part of that present company yeah yeah present company included um but um we just need to change the way that the engagement happens without some huge price tag associated to it because just a general walking or the hurting that's not working and that's what's causing all the i think all the negativity right right well we are almost out of time guys one more mark we mark you hardly got a word in edgewise what's what's up with that that's not normal I, I, I know, but but I felt bad that Dana missed last week right. and, you know, <laughs> right. feel a little sorry for the guy. So I wanted him to get a little bit of airtime. So, but I've that. got the, I'm, but it, the last word is mine. So Dana, you shut up Take now. It, <laughs> I'm going to, I'll sum up with, um, with, with a quick story, uh, and this is, again, from a distributor perspective, and, and we like to think that we're a strategic, progressive distributor that takes our vendor relationships very seriously. And I'll share with you a frustration that I had, and then I'll, I'll be quiet. 
So I went to uh, the EME show, which was a wonderful show, wonderful engagement, met lots of people. What was interesting is that I knew that we were meeting with 40 vendors. Bobby, I've already told you this story. Right. Meeting with 40 vendors in an intimate 20-minute session, okay? Uh, uh, switched up every 20 minutes. And so what I thought, uh, what, what we wanted to do was to reach out to all those 40 vendors in advance to introduce ourselves, to introduce uh, the principles of the company that we're going down, to give uh, rep profiles as well as uh, the major industries that we cover. And if it uh, was applicable, a specific project that we were working on for a specific uh, company in a certain industry. Two things I wanted to say about this. I received a number of responses back from people that said, never in my entire time at EME and going to all the shows have we ever had a distributor reach out and give us this level of detail, which I, I was floored by given the other distributors that were there. Um, and number two, which was Disappointing is that probably about forty percent of the of the suppliers, and these are suppliers who are spending really good money to be there. We came in and they said, "So tell us a little bit about Right Sleeve. Um, where are you guys from? Uh, what kind of customers?" You and at that point, Catherine and myself, we basically tuned out for the next twenty minutes and said, "You jerks! If you didn't, if you didn't take the time to read and to respond to all the information that you suppliers are always looking for, then you know what? We're not interested." And I mean, sure, we still listened and we were respectful, but that was really frustrating. And the, those 50 to 60% that actually stepped up, like the Dana Zezos of the world, and had produced pre-pro samples or had given some strategic thoughts for an ad agency client that we were looking for ideas for, those are the ones that we have kept up a solid relationship with. So yeah. it, it, it's amazing just from, and I, I, either it's ignorance or it's laziness or it's just people not being educated, but there are distributors that are reaching out to do this. And um, so I'm saying this with a tinge of frustration and saying that there are people that are doing it and suppliers, if you're listening to this, um, respond to it. There's nothing more flattering to a distributor is uh, when, when you actually take the time to respond to their needs. Yeah, I would say it's like a mirror. I, I would say that if you, if you, got, if you could get uh, a private focus group and get all the complaints out of a supplier... Um, and then you, in another room, put distributors in and got all the complaints, and you wrote those complaints down and put a mirror up, I bet they would match. <laughs> <laughs> line item by line item. Uh, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's, just, it's a result um, of the fragmentation of our industry. And yeah. love it or hate it, you just have to learn. You have to be a great salesperson. You have to be a great marketer. You have to be a great brander. And you have to know how to position your company at all those levels. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we got a blaze. Mark, you want to tell us real quick about the party? Uh, promo Kitchen Party. Is that what you're referring yeah, to, Bobby? Yeah. Is that Tuesday night? Tuesday? Uh, yeah. Tuesday, January the 3rd at the House of Blues from 5 to 7 p.m. Uh Open bar, food, free access. Just register on uh, Facebook or on promokitchen.com. There will be fantastic prizes. We've got these limited edition, awesome next level shirts that have been generously donated by uh, Superior Decorating and Bodic and Roads. First 75 people in the room will receive these. They are limited edition, worth a, a, about $500. I think Dana will be actually personally <laughs> signing them. Oh, and cool. Um, I wasn't going to. I'm and, uh, one. 
<laughs> but guys, we have 204 people registered. This is the biggest party that we have ever hosted. I mean, Dana, Bobby, you and me, we hosted one last year. We had, what, 125 people and the room was packed. This is going to be tweet like up. double. Yeah, it's the tweet awesome. up last year was the kind of the, 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 the start of all this. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, guys, yeah, you thank you. Thank you so much. Sorry, Mark. Was there something else? No, no, no. And, and I am going to talk the whole next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole time. Deal. No one's going to be able to get a word in advice. Deal. Right, uh, I need to Anyways, warn the next guest. Who's the next guest? Right. No, it's just going to be me. It's just going to be a monologue. Yeah, I'm just going to hit recording. Just go do something else. So, uh, uh, yeah, guys, I will see you guys uh, in about a week and a half. It'll be fun. Absolutely. Thanks, it. Bobby. All right, guys. Thanks, Take Bobby. Care. Thanks, Mark. See you guys. Okay, bye-bye, guys.